Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. And that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church. And when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. Welcome to Sandy Creek Stirrings, and thank you for listening to the podcast once again. Of course, your host, Joshua, I'm going to different type of podcast than maybe normal. Now, I am joined today, and I'll go ahead and introduce him. I am joined again today by Pastor Patrick Jimenez, and he, of course, has been on the podcast before many times, And uh, but he's on the podcast again today, so thank you for coming on again today. Hey, glad to be invited back anytime. Great, yeah, sure. So we're going to be doing an episode today. Now, this is going to be a little bit different than maybe the format. The format's going to be a little bit different than some of the times we've had you on before. This is going to be a little bit more of a conversation, you might say. We're going to share some things, and um, so we're going to be talking directly to the listener. But at the same time, I think there's going to be some points where during this time we're going to be talking back and forth to each other, and you as a listener are going to be listening in on that conversation. If you saw, which you did, I mean, how would you miss it if you clicked on the episode? (laughs) But if you saw the title of the episode, you saw Genesis 6 and the Sons of God or something along that lines. I haven't determined what we're going to call it yet, and uh, but something along that line is what you're going to see. And before you shut me off, because there are going to be some of you who say, oh, that's a non-issue. You know, that's not a big deal. I, I've heard about this before. It, it's really not that big of a deal. It's just something we can agree to disagree on. And I really want you to listen to this episode if that's something you believe, because here's the reason why. I have been talked to many, many people about this subject. I've read on this subject a lot. And uh, my, when you go to my Bible and you open it up in Genesis 6, it's filled with notes, really focusing on one verse and the subject we're going to talk about today. It's not a non-issue, because this subject affects so many different areas of our belief and our doctrinal system. And you say, no, 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 it's just, it's a singular event there in Genesis 6, it's sons of God, and and some of you are sitting there like, what is he talking about? And we'll get to that in a second. But for those of you who know exactly where I'm going with this on the sons of God in Genesis 6, this can affect other areas of belief and other areas of doctrine, and that makes it something we want to talk about and make as an important subject. So, Yes, sir. No, I was just going to say, you said it can affect. I'm going to take it a step further. It will affect. I have not found somebody who believes this false doctrine concerning sons of God that we're about to discuss today right. who don't have other messed up doctrines. Right. You have to destroy some clear and set doctrines sure. throughout Scripture to believe this. So I would go further and say, to believe 
the sons of God fallacy that's out there, you have to have some other corrupted doctrine. Right. It sure. will affect others, sure. no doubt. So he took the hard approach today. Normally, if you listen to my episodes, I kind of wait till the end to tell you it's wrong, you know, after <laughs> I give you, but he's coming right off the bat, you know, just wham, and that's fine. That's it's fine. It's the preacher part of it I think this out. is a, I think it, I, I don't think, it is a big deal. Um, You can't go to Scripture and say this means this when you violate other portions of Scripture. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Catholics do that, the Jehovah Witnesses do that, the Mormons do that, and most of you listening, if you're listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings, you're very easy to call them out and say, you can't do that with Scripture. Then why do we think we can come to it and say, well, I can do this. I, I can take this portion and make it say this, when really it doesn't. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to talk about that today. Why don't you tell the listeners, what are we even talking about? There are some who are uninformed. They're sitting here like, I really have, it's been uh, four minutes in so far, five, I, I have no clue what you're even talking about. Tell them what we're talking about today with this passage and the subject. Sure, absolutely. There is a teaching out there. It really is a false doctrine. I'll just put that out there and we'll show you from Scripture why it is, and and so forth, and lay it out. But there is this thing in the Bible, this term called the sons of God. It's a Bible term, and it is a name of a specific people. And uh, there is a teaching out there that when you come across certain portions of Scripture where it talks about the sons of God, it's talking about angels, or more importantly, talking about fallen angels, or what we refer to today as demons. And so there is this... Uh, belief that there are certain portions of Scripture where uh, when God refers to this people called sons of God, that they literally are fallen angels. In particular, there's two portions of Scripture that you can go to that are the most used uh, that try to uh, take the Scripture and say, look, this sons of God in these Scriptures are talking about fallen angels. Uh, one of them is in Job chapter 1 and verse number 6. Of course, we know the story of Job, but in verse number 6 it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And so people that believe this fallacy of the sons of God, um, that these sons of gods are fallen angels, say, well, look, here's a day where these angels came to present themselves before God, and Satan was there among them, and they use that uh, portion of Scripture um, to try to prove that sons of God are referring to angels. But the problem with that is right. nowhere in that Scripture does it say the sons of God are Angels. Right. It does it's something not. you have to, to imply into that scripture. Exactly. And then the other portion of scripture is, uh, I think, one where uh, the, the debate really comes into play. And uh, it's Genesis chapter 6, verse number 1 and 2, where the Bible says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto men, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. So there is a teaching out there that the sons of God, these fallen angels, saw human women and desired them, took them wives, and had a sexual intercourse with them, created these little demonic race of human beings, these little demonic babies. Right. They refer to, in Genesis 6-4, I'm sorry, uh, Genesis 6-4, they refer to them as giants. As and giants. And they say these are the race produced the same, or men of old, men of renown. Yes. And they say these are these demonic race of, of angel 
demonic babies, and that that's the reason why God ultimately had to destroy the entire earth, was to get rid of this corrupted bloodline of demonic babies out of the human race. Right. And the problem with that is, is you don't get that from just reading the Scripture. Okay, you have to be told that from an outside source. Nowhere in Scripture do you find someone reading just the Bible and coming to these Scriptures, uh, walking away with that belief, saying, oh, these are demonic babies, they are, uh, you know, a demonic uh, race of people, and these fallen angels are the Son of God. So basically, we have this, this issue with not only these two verses, but there's one other verse that's used, but we'll read that a little bit later, but um, nowhere in these verses can we conclude the sons of God are angels. Right. And so we're going to take a little in-depth look at that today. And um, the idea is this. What we must do is allow clear and known scriptures to define the term sons of God. And the Bible talks about line upon line, precept upon precept. And that's how we need to come to the Word of God. When you study out a verse or study out a doctrine, it's so important that you come with just the Bible and let the Bible define itself. Let the Bible explain itself. Because, you know, if you were to just believe the Word of God, God very simply defines for us what it is doctrinally to be a son of God. It's very, very uh, important. Right. Now, let me just start off by saying this, if I could, Josh. Sure. Um, you know, when I said no one ever comes to the Bible by itself, reading the doctrines, no one ever walks away believing the sons of God were angels. Now, Years ago, as a young, newly saved Christian, I was just growing the Lord. God had called me to preach. I started my Bible college days. Um, I did not know this whole sons of God, you know, fallacy out there. We had a preacher come to our church, and he did a week-long, verse-by-verse study to the book of Genesis. If we attended all week long, we got a literal college certificate for having completed a Genesis course. And so as a uh, Bible college student, I went to this uh, uh, these services at our church each night, and uh, it was almost like kind of a revival, but for being faithful, we got a, you know, a certificate and so forth. And as this preacher stood up to preach, he got to Genesis chapter number six, and he introduced this idea that the sons of God in Genesis chapter number 6 are demons or fallen angels who had rebelled against God. They came down to earth. They saw women and wanted to corrupt the bloodline of, of the human race so that there could be no Savior brought into the world and, and that they had relationships with these human being women. And he took a couple verses from here and there and put it together, and he made it sound so plausible. Now, you have to remember, I was a young Christian. Sure. I was just learning scripture and I bought into it. I said, wow, here is something new I had never seen before. And that was my first thought. I thought, wow, I've never seen that. Well, the reason I never saw it was because I'd never had somebody tell me that. All I had before was just believing what the Bible said. And here was this guy giving me this new doctrine. It tickled my ears, and he made it sound so plausible. He put this whole thing together, and he filled in a lot of blanks on his own. But basically, I sat there, and I bought into it. And I have, you can go back to one of my original Bibles in, uh, in my Bible college days, and it has in there, sons of God, and turn to this verse, and look at this, and look at this idea, and here's what happened. And I had the whole historical account of it. Sure. And um, years later... I, you know, of course, as I learn Scripture and as I learn to study my Bible, 
I began to realize as I studied my Bible and looked through the Word of God that the idea that there was this sons of God who were fallen angels and created this demonic race of people did not fit with known Scripture. Right. And I began to just kind of question, wait a second, you know, was I taught wrong? Where, you know, is that really something I can prove from Scripture? So on my own, I stepped back away from that belief and said, okay, I'm coming to the Bible with a blank slate, and I was going to look at just the Bible and let God's Word teach me what this Sons of God really is. And so I began to research, and one of the things that I did first was... I I determined to just do it the way the Bible says to do it. In Isaiah 28, 9, the Bible says, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to understand doctrine, and I wanted to know knowledge. And it says in that same scripture, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little, there little. I had to take God's word and let God's word define it for itself. So I stepped back, and I began, the very first thing I did was I looked up everywhere in Scripture that I could find the term sons of God or a child of God, and I began to find out the qualifications. Sure. What did God say say that had to take place or be a truth in order to be called a son of God? And there are there's a lot of doctrine on that of what it takes to be a son of God. Right. And so I think what behoove us first is I think the best place to start, Josh, for today is let's go back to the Bible for all of our listeners and just give some things that God says you cannot be a son of God unless you have this. Yeah, qualifications for the son of God are to be a son of God. Now, I think it's very important to note on that subject, do not be fooled by these people who, can I use the term ultra-dispensationalist? I think I can. Um, don't be fooled by these people who say, well, the New Covenant has replaced the Old Covenant, and, you know, the Old Testament, that's great. It's a good, you know, section of stories, but really, you know, we don't get doctrine from the Old Testament. That's a bunch of hooey. Yeah, that's um, not true. You cannot separate the New Testament from the Old Testament. You have to include them together. And so when you go and take precept upon precept and you compare verses, you can't say, well, this this passage over here in the Old Testament doesn't count because this is different from the New Testament. They are not different. You can't rip it out of context from the entirety of Scripture. I've said before, I will say it again, when you begin to take a a verse out of context, you begin a pretext for a proof text. What's that mean? It simply means that every time somebody rips a verse out of context, you are beginning to start a false doctrine, and that is going to be your proof text for that false doctrine you are beginning to create. So let's jump to qualifications for the sons of God. When we come to the Bible, we have so many clear scriptures that God never refers to angels or animals at any single time as being a son or one of his children. Sure. The term sons of God is a term all throughout scripture, Genesis all the way to Revelation, that is relegated only to mankind. You cannot show me a single scripture that expressly says, son of God is an angel, or son of God is an animal. You cannot. You have to interpret that into the passage. Exactly. And you get that from an outside source. You don't get it from the Bible. So, for instance, Galatians 3.26 says, For ye are all the children of God, by faith in Christ Jesus. 
So how do you become a child of God? It's by faith. Faith in who? By Jesus Christ. That's a clear doctrine. We cannot violate that scripture that in order to be a child of God or referred to as a child of God, you have to have faith in Jesus Christ. That's what saves you. That's what makes you born again as a child of God. And so no time in scripture do you ever find an angel being uh, afforded that opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Right. An angel can't be saved. They cannot be redeemed. They cannot be born again. Um, angels, especially fallen angels, there's no hope for them. They rebelled against God. There's right. no faith to trust Jesus Christ as a Savior as a fallen angel. Sure. So that violates the very clear definition of what it means to be a child of God. And so I know you've got several things written down there about some qualifications uh, there. What, what, what are some of the qualifications that so you have written down? I have written down in the margin of my Bible. Um, as I said, I, I've got these things written in my Bible. So today, whereas, you know, if you listen to a normal podcast episode, you're not going to hear pages flipping and stuff like that. Today you will. Normally I have all these passages already written in my notes, and I've got my laptop open, and I'm just kind of going through it, so it's quiet. But today you're going to hear pages turning and all kinds of stuff, but... In my notes, I've got six qualifications to be a son of God. The first one is, if you're going to be a son of God, you have to believe and receive, which is salvation. You find that in John chapter 1 and verse number 12, which says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And what's very interesting is, very clearly we know from this passage, you have to believe and receive to become a son of God. If you want to say that the passage in Genesis 6 is fallen angels, you're saying they have believed and received him. Now, some are going to jump, and I'm just going to interject this point. Some are going to say, well, no, 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 because the Old Testament saints, they were saved by works. They weren't saved by faith, so that's the division in the Testaments. You know, the Old Testament, they were saved by works. New Testament, they were saved by faith. That's not true. Go read Galatians chapter 3. And we'll also be doing, following this episode, or I don't know, maybe this two-part episode, following this, we're going to do an episode, or I am, or I don't know, both of us, who knows, Um, but we're going to do an episode on why Old Testament saints were not saved by works. You don't get that from Scripture. And so, very clearly, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Exactly. And you quoted Galatians, going back to Galatians chapter 3. So in order to believe that the Old Testament saints were saved by works, if you believe that, then you'd have to believe there was no such thing as the gospel in the Old Testament. Basically, yeah. You'd have to believe that there was no such thing. Well, that violates... Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, because here's what Galatians 3, 8 says, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Okay, so justifying who? The heathen. Right. How did they get saved? They, yeah. Through faith. And he's referring, by the way, go read. This is one of the most amazing passages in all Scripture. Paul does a phenomenal he job does. of explaining this thing. But he's talking about Old Testament people, just he to is. be clear. He's talking about Old Testament people. Now watch this. He says, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, And these shall all nations be blessed. The gospel is in the Old Testament. Right. How to be saved. Yep. Through Christ. Faith in Christ. And it was Abraham's faith that saved him. Faith right. in what? Faith in a coming Messiah. We have faith in a Messiah that came. They had faith in a Messiah to come. Same faith, same sure. Savior. They had to put their faith in that Savior. In fact, if you go to Galatians 3.24, the Bible says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. 
But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Sure. So yeah. speaking of Old Testament saints, they get saved the same way we do. They have to hear the gospel. They have to accept Christ. And when you put your faith in Christ, you become a child of God. Romans 4, 8 puts it this way, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. It was his faith that saved him. And so we find that this sons of God, how do you become a child of God? The Bible's very, very clear. In order to be a, a child of God, referred to as a son of God, you have to have faith in Christ, receive him as your Savior. Right. That is an undeniable fact. Sure. And the fact is, if you say Genesis 6 is sons of God is angels or demons, then what about these men who are getting saved? You say, well, now, well, they had the gospel, but where do you find them getting saved? Go back to Genesis 4. Um, if you if you know anything about numbers, you know four comes before six. So, but notice at the end of Genesis four and verse twenty six, and Seth to him also there was born a son, talking about Adam, and Seth to him also there was born a son, and and he called his name, meaning Seth is Adam's son, and he called his name Enos. Notice this phrase. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Where else do you find that phrase, call upon the name of the Lord? You find it in Joel uh, 2.23, but more commonly you find it in Romans 10.13, which says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. saved. Now you've got a big problem. If you say both the demons are the Son of God, which tell me how that makes sense. You're calling a demon a Son of God. Um, but then you've got also these people who are clearly getting saved in the Old Testament. They are sons of God. You've got a big issue. And so, but that's the first qualification you have to believe and receive. The second qualification to be a son of God is that the Holy Spirit must indwell them uh, to guide them. We find that from Romans eight fourteen. For as many as um, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I come back to Genesis yeah. six. You would have to say that these angels, fallen angels, whatever you want to call them, they would have to be led by the Spirit of God. Because Romans 8.14 says that if they're led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And no time will you ever find a demonic or fallen angel ever being allowed, or ever following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Right. Never. No, never. That's but, the whole purpose that they're fallen. They fell away and rejected God and His leadership. They're not going to follow God. That's who the yeah. Holy Spirit is. And so, no, great point. So, you know... When you go to clear Scripture and we say, okay, when God himself defines who a child of God is, who a son of God is, it's impossible to reconcile a child of God or a son of God ever being an angel, more in particular, a fallen angel, a demon. Sure. Impossible. Yeah. Um, Give you another one. Number three I've got written down on my margin. In order for you to be a son of God, you have to receive a glorified body at the coming of Christ. We find that from Romans 8, verses 17 through 21, and it says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Basically, when you go and study out this passage, it's talking about, if I can simplify it, boil it down, get to the syrup on the bottom of the pan, 
It's talking about we are going to receive a glorified body. The sons of God will receive a glorified body. So again, you got to go back, Genesis 6. Are you saying that these demons are going to receive a glorified body? Because if so, that is not heaven. That's, um, right. that's a completely different place we're talking about now. It's, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, you know, we made a statement at the beginning of the podcast that um, if you start believing that the sons of God okay, are angels or fallen angels, that it's going to mess up or violate other known doctrines. Okay, um, what I'd like to do is I'd like to take just a, a moment here in the podcast and and point out about five or six doctrines that you have to violate, known doctrines, in order to believe the sons of God. I mean, you've got to take these doctrines, rip them up, and throw them away. Sure. In order to believe that these sons of God are some sort of fallen angel, angels of sure. things. By we, the way, before he gets into that, I still got three more qualifications to be the son. Oh, of you want to finish that up? Let's finish that real quick. You and do then it. tell. Then tell. Let, my me, thunder, let me let me finish this. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Here we go. Number four, they must be different than the w- wicked world around them. Did you have that already in your notes? No. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Philippians two fifteen says that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Uh, there's another one. You got to be different from the world to be the yeah. son of God, because a Christian's living a different life. I mean, the old nature's passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Bible says He has chosen and to have key. a peculiar people. Uh, uh, let me let me tell that real quick. A a son of God has a new nature. That's what makes him a child of God. They have a new nature. Fallen angels don't have a new nature. Right. Uh, number five is they they um, in order to be a son of God, God gives His love to them. First uh, John chapter three verse one says, "Behold, what manner of love." The Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Uh, going back again, you're going to have to say God bestowed a lot of love on these fallen angels, fallen angels for them yeah. to be the sons of God. And then number six I've got written down, which is basically something we've said before. But we, in order to be a son of God, you have to be changed into the likeness of Christ at his coming. And we find that the verse right below that one we just read about the love of God, First John 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall be, we shall see him as he is. So six qualifications to be the sons of God. By the way, if you believe that Genesis 6 is talking about fallen angels, you have just rejected every single one of those passages we just read. Uh, they don't work together. Those two thoughts cannot merge and agree to disagree. They, they can't. I think one of the great things that you pointed out was in order to believe that false doctrine, you literally have to say that God looked at a demon and called him my son. Yeah, and God wrote down for eternity, you are a son of God. not going to happen. Not going to happen. So again, how do people get to this belief? Not by reading their Bible and studying the Bible. It's an outside source. Some preacher came in and told him that. Some note, some, some uh, commentary said, oh, by the way, sons of God here is a fallen angel, and they put this story together in your mind. Um, Outside sources, outside books, that's how you walk away with those beliefs. No one ever walks away from just reading their Bible with that kind of doctrine, because it's clear. In order to be called a son of God, you have to have these qualifications. Right. That's clear. That's truth. And that's exactly so, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So before you jump into what doctrines, you know, we started off the podcast. This this will mess up some other areas of doctrine. Naturally, there are some people who are wondering, uh, 
what are you talking about? What areas of doctrine? I mean, um, everybody I've read say when talking about this issue on both sides, um, not on both sides, but mainly on the other side, they say, you know, it's not a major issue. This is nothing to fight about. This is nothing, you know. Well, you're messing with the Bible. It is a big deal. And when we start saying it messes up other doctrines, well, now some people are going to be wondering, you're right, but what doctrines does it mess up? That's a good question, one that we will answer in the next episode. So you're going to have to wait, and we're out of time for today pretty much. Yes, sir. Let me put in one more plug. Yep, go ahead. Why you need to tune into the next episode. Because at the end of the next episode, we're going to lay out the truth of who exactly are the sons of God that are in Job, and that are in Genesis chapter 6, we're going to tell you exactly who they are and what happened. And then I'm excited at the very end of that, uh, there is a verse... Let me let me I'm, I'm going to tack on something. No, you real can't. Quick. Yeah, I got to tack. I got to tack it on. There is a preacher that I respect. I love his preaching and everything, and he's got it right. He said Genesis six is not talking about the. Um, it's not talking about angels. It's talking about the sons of God. Job is not talking about angels. It's talking about the sons of God as being Christians. Then there's one passage. Everybody goes to this passage, and they say, "But this," and that preacher does the same thing. He said, "But this." There's only one explanation. It says, sons of God, it has to be talking about angels. We are going to talk about that passage and why that's not true. You can't pull out one and say we're talking about angels. So, And again, you don't walk away from that unless somebody tells you that. No, absolutely not. So here we are. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening and hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Maybe this is brand new to you. Something I think you need to know. It's Bible. It was put in there for a reason, and we're supposed to connect everything together in this grand puzzle we call the Word of God. Not that it's difficult to understand, but all the pieces must fit perfectly together. So here we are. We'll see you next, or hear you, or talk to you, or whatever you want to call it next episode. But until then, hey, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.